If you do have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. And I want you to look to the person to your right and to your left, left and maybe behind you, in front of you, wherever you're at, and just say, I am so glad you're here today. Now, the next thing I want you to say to them is, it would be hard to have church without you. Now I want you to say, well, this is just an exercise, your hair looks super today. <laughs> For those that have hair, just saying. All right? The joy of giving. The joy of giving, and, and I'm going to get into this, this text here, but I, I love what the, the Scriptures have to say in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. And you're going to go, how's this tie-in at this moment right now? But I will go ahead and uh, bring light to it uh, this morning. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So let's look at the first part. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. I'm glad that the Holy Spirit is here. I'm glad that I get to spend this Lord's Day with people I love. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being with us. You are just awesome. Now, isn't it great just to pour into one another? Because we believe that God wants the best for us, that He wants to prosper us, that we have the favor of God and that He has much more in store, it is easy to slip into the subtle trap of selfishness, of self-centeredness. It takes work to go outside of your comfort zone. It takes work for you to step out by faith and be what God has created you to become and to be. The joy of giving. I've said to my wife, and I'll say that, and I've said it to the church, I've said it to people, I've said it in the business world. There's two different types of people there are givers and there are takers. There are people that all they, they want is gimme, 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 gimme. That's all they think about. Instead of thinking about what can I do to be a blessing to somebody else. Oh, it's just too much work. I can't. It was great just to, I walked outside, I looked at Brian and I said, Brian, I, want, I said to him first thing this morning. Brother, you don't have to sit in the sun, you can sit right here in the shade. And then the second thing I said to him is, thank you for working with Russ to get the dirt around the pavilion. I appreciate that. And I mean that sincerely from the bottom of my heart. And I then proceeded to say, because it takes all of us to do what God needs of us. We can't do it alone. It takes all of us. Do you believe that? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Yes, we saw the, the area where the pavilion was going to go and the concrete was laid and the dirt was at. But you have not seen the end product of what it's going to become. But now you're starting to see it take place because we had faith. It took money to give. It took money for us to pray it through. It took a lot of sweat, tears, and dealing with counsel and all that good fun stuff and zoning and then going to the Summit County Building Department. Yes, I went by faith because I saw the greater vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But the joy of giving is bringing together something and starting to see it come into fruition. It starts to materialize. And now we're going to be able to worship out there. We're going to be able to have discipleship class outside. It's going to be a great time of worship. And we haven't even seen the end product. But our society teaches us to do what? To look out for number one. What's in it for me? I'll help you, but what will I get in return? We readily acknowledge this as the me generation. 
And that same narcissism sometimes spills over into our relationship with God, our relationship with families, and then our relationship with one another. I love helping. Do you guys like helping? And the greater part of helping and giving is doing something that is a little bit uncomfortable for you. Maybe, maybe it's just a time restraint. I hear a lot of people say this, I just don't have time. Oh, pastor, I just don't have the means. But you have the knees to pray it through. You have the fingers, as I told Brian this morning, to do what needs to be done. Maybe it isn't monetary. And that's not what my focus is today. For some of you thought, "Uh uh-oh, here he goes. It's going to be a tithing message. That's not what it's about. It's about the joy of giving. I love to give. My life is about giving. There's nothing greater than being able to be a blessing to somebody. Amen? We all must realize that if we're going to experience a new level of God's joy, if you want Him to pour out His blessings and favor in your life, then you're going to have to get your mind off of yourself. You must learn to be a giver and not a taker. Quit trying to figure out what everybody can do for you and start trying to figure out what you can do for somebody else. We're not made to function as self-involved people thinking of only ourselves. No, God created us to be givers. And you will never be truly fulfilled as a human being until you learn the simple secret of how to give your life away. For God so loved the world that He gave us His one, His perfect, His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. In Romans 5, 8, but God commended His love toward us, but God demonstrated His love toward us. And yet while we were sinners, He went to a cruel cross, He went to Calvary, Golgotha, the place of the skull, he took on the sins of the world to die for each and every one of us, for God so loved us that he gave. Isn't that awesome? So when you think the joy of giving is just doing something different, going outside of that comfort zone and saying, I'm going to give, because this is what brings me joy. And if you're one that's always worried about how much that you can stuff in your pockets, how much you can gain, you're going to lose sense of what your perspective is on this earth as a Christian. You must learn to be a giver and not a taker. When I'm tempted to be upset or when I'm tempted to be worried, the first thing I ask myself is, What is your focus, Todd? What is your focus, Todd? Where is your emphasis? What are you thinking right now? And nine times out of ten, I'm thinking of my own problems. Thinking about my concerns, my frustrations. I'm thinking about what am I going to do tomorrow. And when I get caught up in me, it's a formula for depression And it's a formula for discouragement. We must learn to get our focus off ourselves. We must learn to get our focus on other people. I was listening this morning and I pulled up some songs. I think it's called Open My Eyes by Keith Green. And the song says, it's so hard to see when my eyes are on me. It's so hard to see when my eyes are on me. And at 6.30 this morning, I was sitting on the porch out by my camper. And the sun had not come up. It was a cool breeze. And I just listened to the whole song and went over to the Brooklyn Tabernacle and they were singing a song by um, Shane and Shane called Psalms 23. And it was talking about we find comfort in Christ. We find comfort in giving. And as I just sat there, I thought, wow, so many of us, and even myself, I go to a place where I say, nobody bother me. I've, I've escaped from the world. I've escaped from life. I'm going to sit here. I am meditating. Do not pull up on your golf cart and talk to me. That sometimes is my attitude. We have people that stop by our house. We have, you know, so on and so forth. 
There's nothing greater for me than to receive the blessing of giving. My wife and I are sitting out back by the fire. The gentleman pulls up, one of the campers. He proceeds to tell the story. It just came to me. I didn't even think about this. But he said, I loved my dog, got him from a pound, and this dog was very special to him. He said it was weird. As soon as we picked up this Newfoundland, Newfoundland dog, that the dog, as big as it was, all the way home from the pound, animal shelter, whatever it was, uh, put, put its head on my shoulder all the way home. And he said, to this day, now that that dog is gone, I have really mourned the loss of my animal. That dog was like my child. And he said he was black and white, beautiful. And he said, just as Pat, by the way, is it okay if I share this story with you? And Becky and I were like, yeah, go right ahead. Well, he was already in it. We were, all, we were already at hello, listening to this cool story. And he's like, so I was out back, and I don't know what you believe on, on certain things, but I know you're a pastor, and I thought this would be a cool story to share with you. He said, but the dog was black and white. And so as I was out there, he said, this black and white butterfly came and landed right on my tra tractor steering wheel. And he said, I, I, it just made me snap right back to that moment. Now, as he proceeded to tell the story, he took his hand, wasn't it his hand? He took his hand and as he held it up, the butterfly came and landed. Oh, yeah, he flew around and landed on his shoulder. That's correct. And, and then he said, we need to talk. And as he did, he went like this. The butterfly went from here and landed right on his hand. He said, what am I supposed to believe about that? You're the pastor. <laughs> I don't think the story was ever for him. The story was for me. The story was to stop and to say, anybody can stop by that fireplace anytime they want and share a story with me of where God is continually speaking. So I had the great privilege to speak with him and tell him, you know, let me explain something to you. Um, I believe that we minister to angels unaware. I don't believe that was the dog in another form of a butterfly. But I do believe that God comforts us. And in Psalms 23, he says, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Well, it was amazing because in that conversation, we were able to give the gospel of Jesus Christ because he said, I was afraid. I fear the hereafter. I fear, you know what, tomorrow, I'm an older gentleman. I'm in my 70s and you know, I'm just afraid. And I said, you don't have to be afraid. He says his rod, his staff, he's there to comfort you. But more importantly, you need Jesus. <laughs> so I then got all excited. Because remember, I started this story off by saying, I have a camper so I can shelter in place. This is my boundary. I just want some quiet solitude. But what was happening? God was reminding me that, Todd, nothing is yours. And it's not about you, dude. Right? And so God started speaking to me. And I then, in that moment, I was like, yeah, I'm going to preach to this guy. I'm going to tell him about Jesus. So he had to hear all about Jesus. I wept. He wept. His older daughter wept. We were all, my wife was crying, I was crying, we're all crying. Now we're all weeping. We had tears of joy in that giving moment. Why are we always so busy, church? We are so busy. Busy about nothing. We're busy about being busy. And it doesn't make sense. You go to Lowe's, you go to Home Depot, you, you try to order something, there's like, oh, sorry, we don't have anything. Everybody in the world is sheltered in place. I still think that the, the president of Lowe's, Home Depot, Menards, they all got together and they created something. I'm just teasing. We need to up our business. Let's do this. I'm teasing. But you can't find anything because everybody is at home, but we're enjoying some time. And I, I want to ask this important question too. How many of you have felt like it's brought some, some family continuity back together. 
and being able to come together and enjoy just sitting in the front yard, on the porch, in the backyard, whether you have a pavilion or whatever it is you might have, just being able to stop and be still and know that He is God. As Keith Green said, it is so hard to see when my eyes are on you. And I was reminded right then that God said, Todd, the joy of giving isn't about you right now at this place. It's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us have a responsibility to spread the light of Christ to each and every person we come in contact with. James 4, 14 says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a while, then vanishes away. In James 4, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, what, what's going to happen tomorrow? But what is your life? What, how valuable is it to you? Life is but a vapor. It appears just for that little minuscule time, and then it vanishes away. Let us pray. God, help us to understand the joy of giving. Help us to understand the importance of giving. God, speak through me today. Speak to each and every one of us. And help us to understand what you want said in your holy word today. And all God's people said, Amen. Three points to today's message. We were created to give. Point number one. Number two, focus on being a blessing. Focus on being a blessing. And number three, live to give. Live to give. To give. Point one, we were created to give. You may not realize it, but it is extremely selfish to go around always dwelling on what? Your problems. Always thinking about what you want or need and hardly noticing the many needs of others all around you. One of the best things you could do if you're having a problem is to help solve somebody else's problem. There's joy in doing that equation. If you want your dreams to come to pass, help someone else fulfill his or her dreams. Start sowing some seeds so God can bring you a harvest. Start sowing some seeds so God can bring you a harvest. When we meet other people's needs, God always meets our needs. When we meet other people's needs, God always meets our needs. Luke chapter 6 Verses 38, Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says this, give, starts right off, give, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom, bosom. For with the same measure you meet, or with the same measure you use, with all, it shall be measured to you again. Man, I love giving. I love giving. And it starts, give. We're done. Give. And it shall be given unto you. Now, some people are like, man, I love to give. Because, man, the blessings just come. Well, hold on a minute. Give and, the, see, it says, and it shall be given unto you. Not, we're giving so that we can get. Now our motive's wrong again. Isn't that true? So many of us do that. I'm going to do this because I have an ulterior motive. Well, guess what? God knows that. The Holy Spirit knows it. We all know it. And that's why some people are like, stay away from him. Stay away from her. We know what their motive is. Give and it shall be given unto you with good measure. Pressed down, shaken together. Man, that's a little bit of shake and bake going on in there. And running over. That's like the popcorn machine. You put some seeds in. And why is it that you get this little tiny bag that's about this big, right? And you watch them pour it in the popcorn machine. And all, it's like a miracle starts to take place. You start to see... And now this little bag that was this big produces good measure and running over. 
That's how I look at what God does. He allows, it's like the popcorn machine. We give, and in return we get a blessing. Yeah, I was there talking to the man at the campsite, and as we were sharing this story, I turned around and I told him, well, he goes, well, I don't know what you believe about how the Holy Spirit works or how God, oh, can I tell you? This is what I, well, I, I thought, oh, no, that poor guy, he didn't realize. You don't ask a preacher anything about that kind of stuff. He'll go on till next Sunday. And so I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about those things because here's reality. I get to run away screaming victory songs and shouting and praising God because I start to notice that those little seeds that are being sown start to produce, start to multiply and mature. And now you start to see this big, huge machine filled full of white, fluffy stuff. That's how I look at that verse. It just reminds me when we're sowing seeds of joy, we will weep tears of joy. We were created to give. There's people in our lives that we give advice to. And when you start to see that materialize, there's no greater joy than starting to see the fruit from that individual's life. That's called discipleship. That's called mentorship. If you've never taken someone underneath your wing to mentor them, and then you start to see their, their life uh, materialize, multiply, become more fruitful, then you start to see exactly how God starts to work in the life of people. I've done it in the business world. I've done it in, in, in the ministry world. I've done it within our family. You have to take time. It takes time to pour into the lives of people. Now, you can sow those seeds, but remember it needs to be fertilized. It needs to be watered. You need to continue to go back to that, pour into that person's life so that you can see fruit from their life. I want you to realize that no matter how big your problem is, somebody else has a bigger problem. A tougher road. A more heart-rendering story than yours. You can help make a difference in somebody else's life. You can help ease someone else's burden. You can cheer somebody up and give somebody a fresh new hope. I was at Walmart. And as I approached this lady, she started telling me, well, this wasn't happening and this isn't happening. And I'm so discouraged. And I'm so depressed. And right there in the middle of Walmart, we stopped. They said, can I have a word of prayer with you? We're going to pray for increase. We're going to pray, we're going to pray for favor. We're going to pray that God is going to start pouring out blessings in your life, that there will be so many you won't be able to number them on your fingers or your toes. And it was so great right then. I didn't know we were right in the center of the aisle. It was either we pray there, we pray to the side, we pray to the left. I just said, well, let's just pray here. And if people want to join us, we'll just have a prayer meeting right in Walmart. It's better than some of the other things I've seen on Walmart. Amen? Can I get an amen up in there? Okay, just saying. And uh, so I'd rather see people praying than see what I have. Oh, help me, Jesus. And uh, so with that being said, we just stopped, we prayed, and we encouraged her. She got back with me and wrote me a letter and said, God gave increase. God gave favor. And I started seeing God work. See, I deliberated. Do you hear this? This mic is like doing all kinds of crazy things up here. I deliberated. What do I do? Do I... Do I pray in front of all these people? How do I do this? Um, have you all been there? Oh, this is awkward. People are going to look at us. Then some screaming kid is going to come by. She's not going to hear the prayer. Well, again, it was not about her. As much as I, it was about me. God was testing my character again. See how that works? Are you starting to see the picture? We have to listen to the Holy Spirit, do things, go the extra mile, five miles, ten miles, forty miles, fifty miles, no matter what it is, no matter what obstacle might come your way, I want you to not look at it as an obstacle, but look at it as a blessing. It was then that you just, all of a sudden, you say, okay, let's pray. The quicker you do it, the easier it is. 
Because you will deliberate wondering, how am I going to do this? But the joy that overcomes you. You see, we were created to give. We were created to give. Not to simply please ourselves. If you miss that truth, you will miss the abundant, overflowing, joy-filled life that God has in store for you. Look at the person next to you and say, God has something for you. You can't get that on your couch at home. Now those that are at home, scream to the one in the kitchen. You can't get this just anywhere. You just done that out there. Hebrews 3.13 says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Don't let sin trip you up and deceit you from being productive, successful, a victor, a winner, and having favor with God. Don't let the naysayers put you down. You need to be lifted up and you need to be encouraged. When you reach out to people, when you reach out to others in need, God will be, make sure that your own needs are supplied. If you're lonely today, don't sit around feeling sorry for yourself. Go help someone else who is lonely. If you're down, if you're discouraged, don't focus on your own need. Get your mind off yourself and go help someone else's need. Sow some seed so God can bring a harvest. Right? Amen. If you are believing for your child to find God, go help somebody else's child to develop a relationship with God. If you're struggling financially, go out and help somebody who has less than you have. When you feel like you have nothing, just give. Give a smile. Give a handshake. I normally would say give a hug, but at these times, just give a wave and smile big. Bake a cake. Mow a lawn. Clean someone's house. Someone needs what you have to share. You know, some of the, the neatest things that I have seen through our Secret Sister ministry are some of the stories that I have experienced through the Women of Hope Facebook page because my wife shares it with me. You know, you don't realize the little things that go, that are so big. I don't care if it is a pan of brownies that I know my wife can't eat, so I just want to thank Faith for the times that she makes me brownies. And, uh, but anyhow, I just made that about myself again. But anyhow, you were giving and I received a blessing. So there you go. That was the joy of your gift. But, when I, when I see some of the ways that you have given, it means so much. Because it's the friendship, the encouragement, the love, the smiles that you give. You see, he didn't intend for us to be independent of each other. We really, really, really do need one another. There was a set of twins. And I don't know if you guys have seen this or heard of the story on CNN. But these two little babies were born premature. And as soon as they brought those two little twins back, and there's even a picture if you want to Google it today. I, I loved, I love this just picture and this vision as that little baby, as they were joined back together as twins, that one little twin took her little arm as just newborns and wrapped her arm around the other baby. You see, she knew what the other one needed. And she needed a hug. She needed a touch. She needed that encouragement. And it is a proven fact that if we don't edify one another, if we don't laugh, your life is but a vapor. We need that edification. We need that enjoyment. We need that in our lives. A hug changed that baby's life. Friends, somebody needs a hug. Somebody needs a handshake. Somebody needs a word of encouragement from you today. Someone needs your love. Somebody needs to feel your touch. And you may not realize it, but there is healing in your hands. There is healing in your voice. God wants to use you to bring hope. He wants to use you to bring healing. He wants to use you to bring love 
and victory to people wherever you go. If you'll dare to take your mind off your troubles, get your mind off your own needs, and instead seek to be a blessing to other people, God will do more for you than you can even ask or think. Point number two, focus on being a blessing. Don't live a self-centered life. You have so much to give, so much to, to offer, so much potential. When you center your life around yourself, not only do you miss out on God's best, but you rob other people of the joy and blessings that God wants to give them through you. The scripture says we should encourage one another daily. It's easy to criticize and condemn. No, to point out everyone's flaws and failures is not good. But God wants us to build people up, to be a blessing, speaking words of faith and victory into their lives. Amen? Don't go through life being a taker. Become a giver. Did you hear me? Don't go through life being a taker. Become a giver. Bless someone at work. Bless someone at home. When we get back to school, if we ever get back to school, bless someone at school. Say something positive. Encourage them. You know, one thing I love about New Hope for Recovery every Thursday is that people can come in and feel a sense of love and encouragement from the leadership team, from those that come. You're rallying around one another. You're lifting one another up. You need that in your life. It's valuable. It's important. Bless someone. Something supernatural happens when we get, out of, get our eyes off ourselves and turn them to the needs of those around us. The Old Testament teaches us in Isaiah 58, when you feed the hungry, when you clothe the naked, when you encourage the oppressed, then your life is going to break forth like the dawn. Then your healing is going to quickly come. In other words, when you reach out to hurting people, that's when God is going to make sure your needs are supplied. When you focus on being a blessing, God makes sure that you are always blessed in abundance. Acts 20 verse 35 says it is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts 20, verse 35. And if you, if you don't know that scripture verse, I love what Paul is saying there. That whole, that whole chapter, my life verse is found in Acts 20. But it said, it is more, circle it in your Bible, highlight it. Because it is more blessed to give than to receive. You will walk away feeling a sense of something you've never felt before. And that's the... The Holy Spirit filling you up to overflowing. Matthew 10, verse 8 says, Think of others, do the work of a preacher. Think of others, do the work of a preacher. What that's saying is, freely, freely give. You can't go around. How many of you know the story of the monkey? The story of the monkey is, I love this. The way that they've trapped monkeys in third world countries is they will create... Uh, a, a trap where the monkey, when he sees the banana or he sees the bait, he will reach inside there and when he goes to pull the, the banana out, what happens? He gets caught. His hand gets caught in there. That is much like us. We go out because we have an agenda. And that agenda is about us, not about him. And we get distracted Self-centeredness starts to creep in. Sin starts to, to take up uh, residence in our life. And we reach in for the very thing that is going to trap us in sin. Hold us hostage. Because we're not smart enough to just let go of it. You see, when you let go of something, you open up your hands. You allow God to fill it up. That's the joy of giving. How about you? Are you so focused on getting what you want, what you need, that you don't obey that still small voice when God tells you to bless others? Open your hands. Don't hold on so tightly. God will not fill a closed fist with good things. Be a giver rather than a taker. You won't have to look far beyond. You find someone you can help. There's a whole world out there that's crying out for your help. You have an opportunity to do what? To live unselfishly, displaying the character of God. God is a giver, and you are never more like God than when you give. God is a giver.
And you are never more like God than when you give. Point number three. And if you would, please, turn with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verses six through nine. It says, But this I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully, he that sows blessings is the translation, shall also reap with blessings. Every man according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly, or of compulsion, or of necessity, for God loves a joyful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always have all sufficiency, and all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, He has dispersed abroad, He has given to the poor, His righteousness remains forever. Live to give. I saw an interesting report about a young man in Saudi Arabia. He was extremely wealthy and lived in an ornate palace, almost too grand to describe. He had scores of automobiles. He had scores of airplanes. He owned several cruise ships just for his own personal use. The man was rich beyond anything that my mind could even fathom. But what intrigued me about him was the interesting way in which to use part of his wealth Every couple of months or so, he would bring in hundreds of poor people from his country. He met with them individually and discussed their needs. Then in, one, in most cases, he would give the people whatever it was that they needed. Can you turn me down just a little bit, please? Thank you. In John 14, it says, Not as the world gives, I give unto you. You see... If you give unselfishly, it is going to be given back to you. Listen, if you meet other people's needs, God will make sure your own needs are supplied in abundance. Okay, let me say this again. If you meet other people's needs, God will make sure your own needs are supplied in abundance. The Bible says, and this is a great proverb in chapter 19, verse 17, he that has pity upon the poor lends unto the Lord. And that which he has given, will he pay him again. Now see, the Saudi man has developed a lifestyle of giving, especially to the poor. And not surprisingly, that which he sows comes back to him exponentially. He has lent to God by helping the poor, and God will not be in debt to any person. Because the principle is, you reap what you sow. Well, you might be thinking this morning, well, if I had all the money, I would do the same thing. And I hear that so much. If I just had the money. No, that's where you're missing it. You have to start right where you're at. You have to start right where you are. You must be faithful with what God has given you. And what you have, then God will trust you with more. You may not have a lot of extra money to give, but you can buy somebody's dinner every once in a while. You can pay it forward. You can give somebody a kind word. You can go out of your way to pray for somebody in need. God accepts what we have to give as if we had offered it directly to Him. Did you hear what I said? God sees that. So everything that we give, it's as if we're giving it directly to Him. And so, and now you could turn me up just a tad. Thank you, Sam. We went down, now we're going up a little bit. I'm losing myself here. You're losing, I'm losing you, so we want to bring you back home. I know that giving is very difficult. For some people, it's more than difficult. It is a character stronghold that you have. I can't give. It's too difficult. It's just not my schedule. It's just not in my timing. I just can't. I, I can't. Did you hear yourself? There's power in your words. 
And the more you say you can't, you won't. But the more you say you can, you will. For you see, God loves a cheerful giver. Now, Patty says, I love to give. She says, and I love to do twirlies because I love seeing the blessings that God gives from giving. There's nothing greater. When the Holy Spirit leads you to do something, how about this? I need you to walk over to that lady and say, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. You need you to walk over to that man and say, I'm thinking of you today. Is that that hard? We're, we're not talking just monetarily. We're talking a characteristic of the attributes of Christ. We're at a time right now where they're teaching people to only think of yourself, and that's it. Well, I'm now going to pull down the stronghold of the enemy, and we're going to start thinking more about what we could do for others and how we could be a blessing in the kingdom of heaven. You see, I started off with saying this. Our life is but a vapor. We're here today and gone tomorrow. Don't you worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow shall worry about itself. It's what you're doing right here, right now, that matters the most. So how much are you going to give? At what amount? That's not up to me to say. That's up to you to live out in your life between you, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, and God Almighty. I want a church that is prompted by the Holy Spirit. When you sow seeds, you reap a harvest. Let me give you an illustration. I got a phone call this week from Russ Steiner. Russ is like, preacher, I need to talk to you. I said, okay, what's going on? He said, well, we have straw. Ron Sr. picked up seed. We have everything we need to lay the seed. But there's a problem. I said, what is the problem, Russ? He said, well, it's going to be extremely hot. And I said to him, I agree with you, Russ. Is that how the conversation went? Okay. And so then we both collectively in our intelligent minds said, if we lay seed down and put straw on top of it, it is going to fry and it'll never grow because it's missing one important element, cool weather, and more importantly than anything, water. Good job, class. I knew you'd figure it out, right? Watch the correlation. I will not grow in Christ. You will not grow in Christ if you're not watering your spirit. If you're not in the Word of God, and if you're not setting time aside to say, okay, I need to do something. Give, and it shall be given unto you with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall God add into your life. We need to water that. And how do you do that? Don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. So Satan has us believing that there's safety when we're away from God's people. There is no safety in that. Do I hear an amen? We need to be together. Now California is saying we can't even worship in the church. All because a man says that? No, that's why today I wanted to... I'm an American. And I am proud to be able to worship and praise God. I need the watering. I need the Holy Spirit to water me. I need what? There's a song. Uh, Ron, could you please tell me that song that you love from the throne room? It says, what's it say? The tears flow? Or what is that song that you love? Yeah, what's it? Say that again. Fresh oil from the throne. And every time, and I've listened to that song. And you think, wow, we need oil, we need water, we need power. Man, church, my heart is so grieved by what I am seeing. I am broken. And I told my wife that coming in today, I am broken because we're sitting back and allowing Satan. It's like the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We are just sitting and not doing anything. Well, my song says, my God is greater, my God is stronger, he's more powerful, and he still is in control. That's why we celebrate the freedoms in America. That's why I get to live on this great earth that God created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the 
It's His. It's His. So I say this in closing. Now is the time to develop an attitude of giving. Church, the closest thing to the heart of God is helping hurting people. God loves when we sing. God loves when we pray. Oh God, I, I, I know just in my own personal life, I already made up my mind. God gave me the greatest peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't matter. Whatever happens to me, I know my life was full. It was. I've had the same hardships. I've had the same financial hardships. I've had the ups and downs, the disappointments, the victories. But I have to say, God has been so good to me. You heard our treasurer say today, thank you. What he was saying, thank you for the joy of giving and keeping the ministry alive. We can't do it without each other. So can I just say from this pulpit to our our church family, thank you. Thank you for giving. When I hear that Nicole all the way from Illinois will, will listen to the messages, that encourages me. It really does. It knows that my labor is not in vain. If one person gets something that we can all walk away from, you know what we're doing? We're watering that seed. Right? We're encouraged by that. God loves it when we sing. God loves it when we pray. He loves when we come together to celebrate His goodness. But nothing pleases God any more than when we take care of just one, one of His children. Jesus said, if you even give as much as a cup of water to somebody in need, I see it, and I'm going to reward you. He said, and as much as you did it to the least of these, my brothers, my sisters, you did it to me. Somebody needs what you have to give. And it may not be your money. It may be your time. How about this? It might just be your listening ear. It may be your arms to encourage them. It may be your smile to uplift them. Who knows? Maybe just like that little baby, putting your arm around somebody and letting him or her know that you care can help begin to heal that person's heart. Maybe. Maybe just if you've never been to New Hope Recovery and you need to be here on Thursday nights. See CJ, see Chris, see the ministry team, Pastor Luke. Maybe just that sense of encouragement coming. We're not here to to reach the masses. We're here to reach one person at a time. That's what it's about. Somebody needs what you have to give. Make a decision that you will live to give. Be on the lookout each day for somebody you can bless. Don't live for yourself. Learn to just give yourself away. Isn't that amazing? Learn to just give yourself away and your life will make a difference. And I'm going to conclude with this verse in Hebrews chapter 6. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward His name, and that you have ministered to the saints, and that you minister, and that you show the same diligence and the full assurance of hope to the very end. He will never forget your labor of love. When I surrendered years ago, I thought, I'm surrendering to help young people? To be a youth pastor? Holy mackerel! This is insanity at its finest. I have little babies, and now I'm a youth pastor? Teenagers? are crazy. Then I realized that they're not crazy. They're amazing. And God started to convict me and convict my wife when the struggle was real between the two of us. But after we started ministering and started giving 
and start a blessing? Did we start to see the reward of our fruit? I love that I have young adult men and young adult women that are preaching, that are proclaiming the gospel right now in the United States of America, and that God is using them. I just had to get a hold of myself and say, God, here I am. No turning back. No turning back. The world is behind me, but the cross is before me. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I see just the value and the love that each one of those young adult people need. And I'm thankful for a wife that sat for hours and connected with those young ladies because young girls need that emotional connection. I can't offer that. But she did. And so for 17 years, we labored. But you see, the reward was this. Is that now, not just Todd and Becky Tackett are proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are other young couples proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, there's a harvest. There's a harvest. And there's fruit from your seed. Sow it. Sow it. Sow it. Sow it. Sow it. The joy of giving. Are you giving as unto the Lord? And what have you given Him? Are you giving as unto the Lord? And what have you given Him? So I encourage you today to self-evaluate, to look at your life. Say, God, here I am. Use me. Here I am, God. I surrender my all to you. Here I am, God. This is my story. Use me. And in those moments when it's so uncomfortable, make I hope that the Holy Spirit will just remind you of what a blessing you are and what a difference you're making in the lives of people. So what are you giving? Let us pray. God, we just love you and we thank you that today we've come to this place. Help us not to be takers. Help us to give. Help us to give with an attitude of love. Help us to give with an attitude of joy. Help us to understand our value to you, to the kingdom of heaven. God, help us to see souls saved and lives changed. Help us not to walk in a room wondering what we can get, but what we can give. God, right now I know that you're speaking. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your people. Help us to search our hearts, O oh God. Help us to stand in awe of you and, and help us to look back as we reflect on, Lord, what you've done because we did things that may not be comfortable. But Lord, the reward has been great. The harvest has been plentiful. So God, here I am. Here we are. Use us. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Let's rise to our